0: Hello and welcome to something like that with Nav. Yes, that's right. My name is Nav and today, hey, we got a very interesting show. I'm pretty, pretty, pretty sure it's going to be a very good show because I have this particular individual who somehow for, I don't know, for some particular reason, she just gives out the so-called cool, chill out, nice aura. I I don't know why is that so. Uh, This is the very first time I'm actually having a chat with her, the first time I'm talking with her. So let's bring her in. It is none other than Bizu. Did I get the name right? Bizu, right?
1: No, it's actually pronounced Bichu. Like Bichu. Yeah.
0: Ah, okay, but don't okay. Don't worry,
1: everyone gets it wrong. So ah. you just joined the club.
0: <laughs> I know. I just like, I've heard that Bitchu part of it. Then I've heard the Bizu part of it. So I was a bit confused which is which. No, mm-hmm. I thought like maybe, maybe the bichu part was just someone like you know the manja manja kind of conversation going on, uh, but <laughs> then again, but you you are a very very special individual for some particular reason. Uh, I don't know why. It's like you know you're the kind of person when you see you just feel like you get some. I get very comfortable. It's like you're kind of the person who looks like I could just sit down and have a chat with you all evening, chill out, relax. You kind of project this kind of aura. Are You like actually the oh, kind of person. No.
1: That is so sweet of you to say.
0: No, it is. It is. That's how it looks like uh, when, I, when I was chatting with you, and I've uh, heard some of your previous conversations before, and it's it's so nice.
1: Thank you. I I try to, you know, just just be completely myself, and I think when I do that, it kind of allows people to be themselves, Okay. You know, and. And that's where we're meeting each other at a place of like authenticity and realness. And you don't have to put on any front or pretend. and You know, just be... Nice.
0: It's sure. yeah. very nice. Because uh, I think that also there seems to be shown uh, through your music at the very same time. Because I can see the type of music that uh, you produce or rather the kind of performance that you give. It's all like uh, the feel-good factor is in, infused with all the songs, which is... Is that your theme of your of your music itself?
1: Um, I I I, I don't set out particularly to write like feel good music, but rather I try to give very honest um, reflections of my life. Okay. You know, so so whatever music you hear is essentially my life experiences in an open book, and uh. just so happens, I guess, like I tend to to be the kind of person that sees the silver lining in, in a situation, and, but, but that doesn't mean I don't have sad songs, you know, or, or songs about things that are not so great, but yeah.
0: It's okay. nice. That's nice because uh, I was looking through uh, the lyrics of some of your uh, your songs and all. It's very uplifting to a certain uh, to a certain extent. It's like when I was listening to some of it. Like for example, uh, what's the track again? I just I just had it in my mind. I was just listening to it a moment ago. I think it was Nowness. Yeah, Nowness. And uh, now Yes. Exactly. It was. It was such a beautiful thing to listen to lyrics such as uh, "Say goodbye to yesterday. The past stays in its place. This is the true eternity. This is us today. Uh, no." need to seek tomorrow or build houses in the sky this is true eternity here now you and i you know it's so nice to hear this kind of stuff it's it's been a while since i actually heard those kind of things in their songs and lyrics uh which is uh, one of the reasons why i was kind of highly motivated to have this conversation with you and uh and I've also, of course, being a president is going to conduct interviews. So I've done some homework here and there. It looks like okay, you, you're, you're, <laughs> kind of, you're kind of. <laughs> it looks like you're kind of also a, a technically a little spiritual, um, in your daily life. Is that true? When I when I say yes. spiritual, I'm not talking about cut go go to temple pray five times kind of thing. You know, not that kind no, of thing. No. Okay. Yeah. So are you? Are you?
1: I I am, and and it's really interesting that you bring up that song and the fact that I live a spiritual life because i feel like honestly true spirituality is not removed from your physical life it's like completely intertwined as a part of your everyday life and and that particular song nowness um it was written um uh, with it about an ex and the funny thing is um, the night before our first date i actually kind of had like a past life dream of of us together mm-hmm. and and it was like, okay, okay, and went on a date, and, you know, it was great. And, but I had this really strong feeling also that we wouldn't be together for long. Oh. Like, Ouch. I cannot explain it, right? Okay. But, and, and I was right. We burned through intensely this love affair for about two months. Yeah, just about two months. And, and so I wrote that song when we were in the middle of it. And so the lyrics, as you said, you know, uh, for, uh, say goodbye to yesterday and, and all that, it was me referencing, like, we might have had a past life together. Okay. But let's forget it. And the uh, no need to seek tomorrow and build castles in the sky is based on my feeling that this relationship is not going to be a long one. And so let's forget about that. And so letting go of the past and not looking forward to the future and really just living in the now and let's focus on the present moment and enjoy it while it lasts and, and forget the rest. So nice. that's essentially Nice, because yeah. like,
0: all the songs that I was going through one after another is like, wow, this is the kind of stuff that you really need to listen to. It's like, you know, it, it picks you up, whether it's good or bad, whether you had a good day or a rough day. And uh, once you're l- looking, listen, listening through your tracks, I was like, wow this girl, I need to put her, put her on Spotify on, especially on Loop, uh, particularly on her tracks. But I must I must say I'm a little, little disappointed in the sense that uh, why haven't you released more songs? Because you've been in the business for a very long time. There's only one EP, which is the uh, Nightingale Tales. Uh, that was somewhere in 2011. And then it was more of singles and singles and singles. And there's a gap between two years and four years. And then it goes on like maybe one year once. You know, why Why is that so? You, you are... Uh, a prominent name in the industry. Everybody talks about you, um, really? especially yes, in the circuit. Trust me, a bit of the circuit, and I've here heard you at least out of three, you know, gatherings or whatever, your name comes out at least once, sirrah. You know? Hey, if you go wow. check out, Buse is performing here, Beez is out with this performance, that performance. Oh man, thank you guys.
1: I yeah. had no idea, but that's well, so, so super nice to hear.
0: you you got good friends doing PR for you, man. Uh, <laughs> but, but you see, that's how it is. You are pretty well known in the circuit. So what kept you holding back on releasing more music or frequently or perhaps an album?
1: Mm, okay, so you're right. I've been doing this for a long time. Like I think this is my 17th year as a musician but I became a solo artist only in two thousand eleven and that's when I released Nightingale Tales. And I will say that in the middle of that little gap that you notice, you know, between like like four years and and whatnot and the two years, I, I think I went through a little bit of a creative block. Okay. You know like both personally, creatively, spiritually, everything. Like I said, everything is interconnected, right? Okay. So I didn't have that much music coming out then and as for my recent um, state of single since 2019, it all comes down to resources. Okay, like good, I'm right. an independent musician, completely self-funded, and every time I release something, it requires money. Ah. You know, I have to put out like a good quality um, song and sometimes a music video that comes with it, and then the marketing, the promotion. Um, so it actually boils down to money.
0: Okay, uh, that's that's understandable. Yeah, yeah, that's one thing. But
1: I will say also that um, I'm very much a go with the flow kind of girl, okay. and I try to listen to like my instincts and whatever feels right. And sometimes when I get that creative energy, I'll be doing lots of stuff. And sometimes when I feel like I need to take a break, I will. So. And that's the beauty of being an independent musician as well. Like, I, I'm not uh, beholden to someone else's deadlines. And okay. I'm allowed to do what I want to when I want to. And that also ties into the fact that I do a couple of side hustles, you know, to, hey. to pay the bills and all that. But I've come to realize that this is the balance that I need by having other jobs that I also like and putting food on the table and taking the pressure off. Uh, needing music to um, support me financially, I'm allowed to be really free and creative and just put out music that I genuinely want to.
0: That's a nice way of putting it because I was, yeah. uh, before you mentioned this, I was a bit confused because you do a lot of performances. I mean, both locally and internationally. Yes, As a matter of fact, a while back, you won tour of India, Korea, Australia. You had a lot of places you've been to. And I'm pretty sure through those journeys, through those tours, you would have built a fan base. And, uh, of course, once they got kind of got hooked on to this uh this kind of music or this personality, they would expect more, to know more about uh, Bizu or to hear more from her. But uh, with the gap, that huge gap that's taking place, um, it would be, I mean, would it would be difficult to have a consistent fan base, right? A consistent following.
1: Yeah, and I think there's something like an artist or a musician in a modern world have to balance, like people are consuming content at uh, an insane rate. And so you've got to ask yourself, like, why are you doing this? Okay. Like, don't get me wrong. I love my audience, and I appreciate every single person who listens to me and who interacts with me on social media and, and all that. I appreciate you very much, and, and I love uh, that you follow my music and, and me. But I have to take care of myself first
0: true fair enough Fair
1: enough. and if I'm not able to churn out singles the way like a commercial artist is able to then I'm not going to hold myself to that standard because they're being supported in ways that I am not and so I'm doing the best I can and I know people who genuinely care about me and my music understand
0: nice nice that's that's a very nice way of putting it so for the folks uh, those who just got hooked on to beat you right Bichu, yeah. yes. you, all right. Well, I got hooked on to you. Now you know why uh, you don't really get much of the music. But when you get it, cherish it. Keep it. Uh, it's like one rare edition thingy that comes out often. And uh, you do a lot of performances, of course. And uh, it's mainly, uh, I'm talking about Malaysia, here, is mainly focused in Kuala Lumpur itself, right? And, uh, of course, occasionally you do in Penang at, uh, from time to time. So have mm-hmm. you ever considered uh, spreading that a little more on uh, terms of shows because i've noticed after the pandemic there seems to be this uh, s- s- how do i put this uh diverse diver- uh, diverse uh, diversion in terms of po- instead of performing just in kl most of the artists started picking up different states you know just going out to spread their music something different uh to treat their fans have you ever considered that
1: oh yes definitely like uh i would love to do like a little tour of malaysia and various places and um, I don't want to jinx it, but I do, I do have some plans, in it works uh, possibly nice. something next year. Um, I, think, I think maybe this is something that, that is a me issue, like if I want to put on a show, I really want to make sure it, it's a good quality show. And the last time I organized something like that was in 2019 um, at Aman Tugu Nasri. it was called Bichu in Bloom, okay. so it was a showcase, um, and I, I made it like a family-friendly affair I had a bubble artist, you know, food trucks, um, other kinds of vendors, my good friend Faris who uh, uh, who DJed as an opening act, and then my band and I performed for an hour, showcase in the middle of all these trees, and you know, so I would love to be able to carry that concept to other places in Malaysia, and I am planning something.
0: Nice, nice. But Let's see, let's see okay. what happens. Fingers crossed is something I'll look, definitely look forward for. And uh, recently uh, you came up uh, with a, a track, or rather I would say a re- remake, and I use the word remake for this particular uh, classic track by Jimmy Boyle, which is mm. an amazing, it was such a beautiful track. I mean the original and the, your, your version in fact. So why did you actually pick this song? So
1: I, I'm a Penang girl. Uh, As you know, and Jimmy Boyle, the composer is also from Penang, and in 2016, um, Paul Augustine, who's the director of Penang Island Jazz Festival, uh, and the curator of this museum called Penang House of Music, was opening this gallery, and what he did was invite me to perform Jimmy Boyle's song, Gendering, with his son, James Boyle. Who oh. is an educator, composer, musician in his own right, right? And that was the first time I heard of the name Jimmy Boyle, and the first time I heard of Gendering. I practiced the song, played it with uh, James, and completely fell in love with it, that was
0: like beautiful. hit over
1: heels. And I came back um, to my band and I said, like, guys, I really, really love this song. Can we rearrange it and do our own version of it? And we did. And since 2016, I've been performing it everywhere. I recorded it in 2017, wanting to release it, and then it didn't happen. And then, you know, things kept snowballing. I tried again, and boom, boom, boom! Finally, in 2021, I released a single, and this year, in February, I released the music video and also the documentary yes, that accompanies I, the story of Jimmy Boyle. Yeah.
0: I was a very uh, one way. It's like very inspiring documentary but uh, on the other side it was a pretty tough life for jimmy during the uh, japanese occupation and despite all that he still came out marode music and he kept on releasing a whole lot of uh, great stuff so for those who haven't checked that out i'm going to post it on the website you just uh, watch for yourself and get to know the history of jimmy ball and the history yeah. of this particular track It's an amazing track and i felt so 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 sad for jimmy for one point uh, It's like the the tough life that he had to go through but Hey, that never stopped him. That's that's the best part. Yeah, he didn't give up. And,
1: and I feel so... You know, I don't believe in coincidences. And I feel somehow like, like I was given this opportunity to do the song and given this opportunity to uh, share Jimmy's music with a brand new audience and sort of say his name out loud again so True. people don't forget him. And... I really am so grateful and the, the support that I've gotten from Jimmy's son, James, and the, the Boyle family, I couldn't have asked for like, more generosity, you know? Yeah, it's very and true. I feel very honored to be able to like, be this conduit of sorts to make people fall in love with Jimmy Boyle again and never forget his name.
0: Actually, what you did was something uh, I would consider is like opening up the gates for many other artists to uh, pick up on. Because, uh, like like you mentioned earlier, you didn't know Jimmy Paul for one point of time, and he has composed so many uh, uh, great tracks of the early years. Which, of course, like you mentioned in the documentary, one of it was the school anthem or school songs that you sing in school. And there were a couple of other tracks going on there, and uh, bringing a new vibe or rather fresh feel to that track, like as what you did to Chindrik was a great idea. For I would encourage more artists to do that. Just pick, try to do a bit more research. I'm pretty sure there's so many other artists out there who's actually composed tracks, which needs to give uh, needs a little boost to um, to give them the, the rec- recognition that they need. So I just hope yeah. I just hope we won't stop at Ring, right? Please, a-
1: please. Absolutely. And and I hate to say this, but Malaysia is notorious for erasing our own history.
0: Yes, very true. You know,
1: we do not. To, or the powers that be, that are supposed to protect and be caretakers of our history do not seem to be able or even have the desire to do that. So which is why I have re- a really huge admiration for people like uh, Paul Augustine who set up the nine House of Music so he could you know, try to preserve as much of our music history as possible. And someone's got to do it. I think I think this is
0: true because one, one of the things that you also notice that being raised and educated in Malaysia, uh, history lessons always been about the location. It's been about a couple of warriors, a bit of war and this and that. But one of the things that ha- that's hardly mentioned is the art and music culture that happened through the years. We've been in the cinematic universe for decades now. We've been in the music industry for decades. We had composers. We had great actors. And only uh, the only stories that you hear is on Facebook like, oh, artists couldn't make it. Artist, this is his grandson right now. And then you replay a couple of old movies. But you never really um, educate the generation about the existence of these people. So I think that's yeah. something that you need needs yeah. to be uh, infused in our education system. The artists, yeah, the and, music. And we
1: are so rich in history. We are so rich in culture. We are so rich in the arts. If only we would all look in our own backyard and love ourselves
0: yeah that's the thing because the, the problem is uh, I wouldn't want to get into politics of course I don't want to touch that because the people that are running the show most of them don't know arts don't know music uh, as well as they, they should yeah so it's like no I can't make money out of it but then again you can, you can if you plan it right. You know, that's that's the thing, which I hope to see there's some changes in that. And uh, speaking of chindring the music video, okay, here's something I've noticed about you, um, your style in terms of performances and so on. Um, I Am Enough, the cow you had, you had that artistic look for that. And chindring mm-hmm. has taken it to another level, a whole new level altogether. So are you... Are you into this this artistic kind of uh, uh, vibe when it comes to uh, production of visual, visually?
1: It's really interesting because I will say I am a huge fan of collaborations. Okay. Huge fan. And uh, I Am Enough, uh, the cover, the single cover, uh, the idea of it came from a conversation I had with the photographer. Okay. So we sort of spoke about the song that, the story behind the song and she had this idea and then we worked together to manifest it and bring it to life and with generating the music video, my creative director Chris Nim, who is one of my besties, he had a vision and then we roped in Daniel Adams who was the set designer and the person who created the concept of, of the look and so I would say I never dictate to my collaborators what I want things to look like, but rather I tell them what the story is and what are the values and what are the, the feelings that I have about a particular project. And I sort of let them run with it. And I love what comes out because if it was left to me, I probably wouldn't have been able to conceive of these things. But when you trust the people you collaborate with, magic happens.
0: Nice. It was beautiful. It was. I, I felt sorry for one of your bandmates who actually had a dip in the pool. Uh,
1: <laughs> Dude uh, who plays guitar. Yeah. Get <laughs>
0: uh, I was like a, all dressed up and then he had to be in the pool, man. <laughs> uh, but oh. it was. It was a very. Uh, uh, how do I put this? visually satisfying music videos. Like you just like, oh, you, you want to watch it every single details. Like there was one part, I don't know whether it was the wind blowing the butterfly in his shoulder. There was one of it, the details is like for a second, it's like, is that a real butterfly or not? You know, every single detail that's uh, <laughs> put into the particular video. You must have spent quite a lot for that one.
1: So I was very fortunate that for the generating music video and the documentary, I received a grant from Chandana. Okay. Uh, witness the cultural economy, arts uh, a body in Malaysia and um, I fully utilized every single cent of the grant. And can I just say, the quality of the work that we put out was worth like 2 or 3 times the amount of money we got. I could see it. And that. I just want to give a huge shout out to every single person who worked on it because they put as much love into it as I did into my music and I always say it takes a kampong and I exist today with my music career today because I have an amazing couple. Nice,
0: nice. It's good to have good friends around you at all times. Yep. And uh, well, and speaking of music and other stuff that you're coming out with, like you mentioned earlier, um, you of course are if you want to look at your music, the style, that the stuff that you produce, you would consider yourself to be a genreless, which means you don't really focus to one particular genre, right? You just, anything goes, uh, or whatever you feel like for writing at that particular moment, you do it. Uh-huh. But I'm pretty sure as, as an individual, you have your personal taste of a selective genre that you listen to uh, on your playlist most of the time. So what would that be? I know you're a fan of reggae. And, uh,
1: you, you said it, bro. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a reggae girl at heart. Uh-huh. But I will say I have a soft spot also for for like indie soul, um, and a little bit of funk. But reggae, right? Reggae is my jam. Then how
0: how come I don't hear you on a reggae track? I mean, I, maybe you <laughs> had. I, I would have missed that out. Um,
1: I I have a, a I used to play a reggae track that I wrote called Sexy. Um, it was written when I was uh, singing with a reggae band for two years. You know. Um, and i just never never got around to recording it and i and i don't know why actually i don't know why or maybe it's time to write a new one i don't know i know yeah, because like
0: I, when, when i found out that you like reggae then i hear a lot of uh, uh, jazzy stuff and then a bit of contemporary then was like where is that reggae? where is that reggae if you're a fan of reggae there must be some elements of reggae in some of the tracks right.
1: you gotta come to a live show for that <laughs>
0: i got i definitely got to check it out i definitely got to check that out
1: but but um in march uh i did a show at bobo kale so it was a full length you know two hour uh show and i recorded the video and the audio from that show and i'm going to be releasing uh, a couple of videos every few weeks you know so you will definitely hear Ah, a few more feedback okay but That, that
0: Okay, but it doesn't matter as long as I I have this just because you know when you have the thoughts in your heads like well, what would she be like if she sang reggae you know how would it sound oh, so that's been running in my head for the past couple of days. Great. And, uh, <laughs> I, I'm sure you do. I am very very sure you do. And in, in terms of coming up with more new music, have you ever considered of uh, experimenting on different genres for the next couple of tracks, upcoming tracks? The things See, that you had thing, in your right?
1: mind, like. Like, you're right when you say, I don't write based on, like, I, I, when I write, it, it doesn't cross my mind at all genre, you know, it, it doesn't come into play at all, it really is just uh, what does this song feel like at that particular moment, and oftentimes it kind of takes a life of its own, you know, and... Um, and currently, I have a really amazing collaborator that I work with, uh, Melina Williams, okay. she's the front woman of Temperamental, and she's like a composer, and arranger, and a producer, and basically all my songs from 2019 onwards, uh, I write the the music, I mean the, the melody and the lyrics, I send them to her, and I tell her, okay, this is what I want it to sound like, and then she gives me back magic. Nice. Oh yeah. <laughs> I
0: like I like the people that you work with because I'm also confused at the very same time. It's like I correct me if I'm wrong because I'm not exactly a musician. I wouldn't know how the thing works uh, for most artists. But there's oh there's this thing that if I'm a fan of a particular artist, it also has to do with their genre of music now let's say for example if for example okay if i'm taking a name somebody a pop artist like say if i'm taking taylor swift or maybe rihanna i know that's their particular genre of music because i like the genre i follow that particular artist uh, because of that now if if i'm a fan of bizu went for that particular track i've listened to for example let's take nowness okay just take that for that genre i would expect more of that sounding tracks to come out but when you have different variety of um, music how would that have an impact towards uh, your listeners, in that sense.
1: Okay, so, I I respect and appreciate artists who have very clear-cut genres that they're into, you know, I mean, amazing. But for me, I feel like I'm a multifaceted individual, and me as a person, like, what you see is literally what you get, and that's reflected in the music I... I come up with and I would never want to pigeonhole myself into one genre because I am more than one facet of my being and if you like me for just one song and you don't dig my other music that's totally cool because when I feel like, I feel like as artist, right, like the music intellectually belongs to me But when it's released out into the world i have no control over it anymore okay and however a person receives the music however they listen to it or whether they resonate with it or not is completely out of my control and in a way i kind of don't care because i don't want to be attached to how my music is received you know because again music is like a spiritual calling to me i feel like I'm allowed to be an instrument of love through music and so my job is to put out the music and that's it I have to be detached completely from how a person receives it because if I impose like oh I hope after you listen to this you like it or I hope you dig this particular riff or whatever then my ego is at play does that make sense
0: yes yes I get it it's it kind of reminds me of uh, the artist Prince uh, Prince, as you know it, he has, I mean, as much as people talk about his funk, he also had rock, he had his ballads, he had different genres, but still everybody remembered a Prince, because he came out with music as uh, as such, so I think I think I could have an idea of how you would like to look at it, and on, on that aspect of it, and uh, yeah. uh, speaking of uh, music that you had all this while, and uh, upcoming music, anytime, anything new after Chindering?
1: Um, I'm going to be releasing a live uh, performance version okay. of my single Alive uh, next month. Nice. So, I'm really excited about that because uh, so everyone who played on it was amazing, the video crew was amazing, I'm really looking forward to it, and um, like I said, I'm going to be releasing you know videos of Bobo here and there, I do have a couple of songs that are done um, that I haven't put out into the world yet, and again, it's resources, number one, and the other thing is, I'm just waiting for the right time. Nice. You the know, right time, the right I place. I don't want to release something just because, I want to do it because it feels right, and sorry to people who expect uh, more <laughs> music from me, but i got to listen to myself.
0: Kind of um, do do what makes you happy. <laughs> that's that's, that's yeah. uh, how I like to look at things. And uh, yeah. speaking of people who's been working with you uh, on live sessions, do you have a particular uh, fixed band that always performs with you, or do you have like sessionists that comes and goes uh, for your performances?
1: Yes. So the current band that I have, um, they have been playing. We have been playing together for six years now. Wow and they are my permanent band I wou- and I wouldn't want to replace them for anything <laughs> in the world because um, they all sing back up vocals okay. and besides that they are of course amazing musicians in their own right and they do a lot of other stuff with other people but um, somehow we seem to like each other <laughs> You got <laughs> the chemistry going? La. Yes we do and and you know You know when you're in a romantic relationship, people always say, oh, travel together, and then you'll know if your relationship can work or not. And I feel the same principle applies to bands. Tour together, and then you'll know if you're okay together or not. And this band is the one that I toured with uh, in India. And I would say we slept eight of us uh, in a room, okay, in four bunk beds. We spent ten whole days together, almost 24/7 with each other, and there was not a single fight. So. Nice. I love this band for life. Okay, that's, that's
0: very good chemistry. Lock them in. Sign a, sign a thirty-year contract if you have to. <laughs> it's good to have bands like this. It's not easy because I've noticed there are bands that keep switching members. You know, whether it's the musicians or the singers, or vocalists, and all. It changes quite frequent. But when you have a band that has good chemistry, that goes a very, very, very long way. And uh, that's, yeah. that's interesting to have there. And uh, speaking of tours and so on, I also noticed that you're a foodie. You do enjoy food. Uh, what do you expect? Yeah. Like Penang. Like Penang, you come <laughs> from the paradise food haven itself, Penang. And, uh, but, but is that the case for someone who's born and raised in Penang? When you live in KL, I've always asked all my Penang friends, is it the same as like you know when the food you come and enjoy it when you have it down here especially let's not go to the fine dining side of it let's talk about the hawker side uh do you really enjoy the hawker food whenever they say penang chakwitya or penang this penang that when you have it in KL you don't right
1: yeah when they have the penang name in front of it i
0: try to avoid it (laughs) yes
1: but i have to say like there are a lot of hawker food in KL that we don't have in Penang and i enjoy that you know so May, maybe I'm the kind of person who is able to be happy and content wherever I find myself in. So KL has a lot of amazing places to eat. So yes. I'm not complaining.
0: Yeah, that's that's the thing. But the thing is, when you're coming from up north, I'm from Ipoh. So uh, KL food, despite ah. being here for more than 20 years, I still like, uh, meh. KL food, I uh, Nothing to shout about. But top three food, if I would ask you, what's your uh, top three pick for uh, Bichu? What would you go for? compulsory if like say for example okay i don't know whether you're dating now or not but then again if somebody's going to date you okay somebody's going to date you the top three places you have to take you for a date oh. where would it be
1: you know it's interesting whenever i like go out on dates i'm the one who suggests the food places because i'm like okay you have to try this place. <laughs> <laughs> that's
0: that's the dream um, girl every guy's dream girl that's how you need to. Be. that's how it's supposed yeah. to be
1: um so my ultimate favorite restaurant that i keep going back to over and over and over again is table and Apron. okay the fried chicken oh you know it
0: <laughs> you know it
1: yeah but beyond the fried chicken it's like that whole ethos of how they run their restaurant and, and you can see in their service staff right everyone loves what they do they take so much pride in their work and it translates into the food and the way they they treat you as as customers, so I love Table and Apron to death. Anytime someone wants to <laughs> eat with me, they're like, "Hey, Bichu, you like Table and Apron, right? Should we go there?" And like, say no more. <laughs> I am there. There um, you go. Yeah, and then there's this other place, which is around the corner from Table and Apron, that I really love. It's called Holy Chow. Okay. So it's run by Abdi Sue, who's from Penang, and she makes the most amazing lemak laksa.
0: Oh, lemak laksa Which is That's... something
1: that is so difficult to get even into Nang Like, I ate it a lot growing up Because my my, fr- my dad's friend ran a hawker stall And after school, I get down from the bus I walk to the market and eat lemak laksa Like almost every single day So, to find that again here in KL When, I first, uh, when my friend introduced to me I was like, oh my god Lemak
0: laksa, Auntie Sue huh? Okay, yeah, I, I gotta Kodi write South.
1: this out huh? H-O-L-I C-H-O-W.
0: Okay, I gotta write this out. This is definitely a place I'm gonna visit Yeah, Pai
1: Chi is also super great The Osa Osa is also good And if you're in luck And they have total ikan on that day Please order that too
0: Have you ever considered opening your food channel? Or something? No <laughs>
1: No. <laughs> <laughs> because
0: you seem to be very convincing when it comes to this kind of places. Like, I just heard this for, what, what, 30 seconds and now I just can't kind of get this out of my head. It's like, okay, that's it. I'm going to take my wife for this place but this weekend, yes, you yes, know. Yes. All right. So this is the second place. You've got to take you Another one more place. Give me, name me one
1: more. I would say... Okay. Just for one item. Okay. Uh, Aliyah's apple. Aliyah's apum. Have you what? been? Have you eaten Aliyah's apple?
0: No. Where's that?
1: No. Okay. 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 So so Aliyah is a little bit pricey. So you don't want to eat the other stuff. I go have dinner somewhere else. Okay. And then you go to Aliyah and just order their masala chai and their apple. Their apple. I swear, it's like thin, and then they have like chunks of the palm sugar, which is not yet melted, and then like the saltiness of the coconut cream. Mm. Oh, this this is
0: like the Sri Lankan apple. Because, yes. okay, because Sri Lankan apple, you have that palm sugar on it. Oh, yes. okay, okay, okay. And I just
1: want to say, I have diabetes, yeah? So, like, technically, <laughs> I haven't eaten this apple in a long time because, you know, I'm not supposed to. But, um, I mean... Once
0: in a while, you just close your eyes. Lah.
1: I think once a year, I'll treat myself, maybe on my birthday, and this is where... Like here.
0: top three places so guys listen up if you ever have a chance to uh, if you ever get a chance to get date biju this is the top three places you want to look at and the number one big no-no for biju is definitely kfc uh <laughs> how you know <laughs> <laughs> am i right <laughs> yeah i'm not a big fan of fast food
1: yeah. but like yeah kfc i mean if
0: you've had table and aprons fried
1: chicken KFC now. Yeah, I know. I I know you don't like KFC. Yeah,
0: Oh, yeah. Exactly. I'm I'm a sucker for KFC. I have to admit it because uh, during my childhood day, my father, every time I said KFC, wait, wait, your mother will fry good fried chicken. So I never had that. So once I started earning and that's where I've been hooked on to the KFC thingy. But you were right. These days KFC is like, "Mm," I don't know, man. Mm. It's just like after eating it one piece and you have to drink gallons of water after that uh, Mm. for no particular reason. But uh, then again, this is the nice Nice suggestion, Hollister for Luma Alaksa, and you get table in April, and the other one is uh, Alias what? Okay, I definitely got to try that. Got <laughs> definitely got to try that. Anyway, uh, also I've noticed something about uh, um, things that's been going on in the social media lately. There was an issue there about the Grab thing you posted on Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, because I'm a, I'm a bit oh, curious. You're the kind of person, like I said earlier, you just, just project this so-called positive aura, that, that feel-good vibe whenever it speaks to you, you know, that kind of thing. And then all of a sudden you get this kind of nonsense that's going on just because how do you handle this kind of people? It's like, do you like react back or you just like ignore? It, it, it's funny. It's really
1: hilarious because before I did that tweet, I actually had uh, Shalini from, uh, a journalist from Free Malaysia today who spoke to me about my experiences with Grab, and then she, just this week, the article was released, and it was such a well-written, balanced, you know, opinion piece. And then, like, that tweet that I did, it was literally me trying to go to my friend's open house and Grab one of the me 74 ringgit. Oh, I pre I... it, like, put it up. On my Twitter, and just just compare it, like, 'cause a bus ticket back to thirty four in kids
0: I can imagine.
1: And 74 is more expensive than a return bus ticket. It was just to put into context, like how expensive grab was. And the funny thing is, I didn't even take that grab. I took InDriver. <laughs> <laughs> I got to my friend's place fine, and then before you know it, this tweet is going viral, and I, I mute it, right, because it's like every second I take out my phone, it's like 20 notifications. Ouch. So I mute it, I ignore it, and then suddenly my friend starts, like, messaging me, saying, hey, you're in the newspaper. And then I see, I'm going to name them, Sinchu Daily and China Press, who had, like, did articles quoting my tweets, and China Press even used a photo, all without permission.
0: Oh, that's bad. They, they been, seem to be having issues a lot with this kind of things, right?
1: Yeah, it's, it's like... Wh- and the funny thing is, they did that on Hari Watawa National. Okay, the irony. I'm like, where are your journalistic ethics?
0: Misinformation, misleading... The yeah, and, the, and,
1: the, and, and you have to ask permission. <laughs> you yeah. know? and And then, because they... They have obviously really wide readership. And then I started start getting the hate comments, you know, like random strangers, like, like talking shit about me. And the funny thing is, um, I screenshotted those hate comments, and I put up a post calling out Sinchu and China Press and asking them to take these articles down. So as of this moment that we're speaking, China Press has already taken down the post. With no contact with me, with no apology, but you know whatever. I don't care. You took it down. Thank you. That's the least you can do. Since you still hasn't. And the, one of the people who was screenshotted because he wrote a hate comment on my page, he gets hot and bothered in my comment section and is threatening to sue me for oh. uh, naming and shaming him. And I'm like, I'm sorry. <laughs> you have the audacity to post hate comments on my page. You better have the balls to stand by your comments.
0: Oh man, this he deleted
1: his original comment, by the way. But hey, screenshots exists. And if you if you read Mandarin or if you have so much free time, you want to amuse yourself, just go to my Facebook page, read the comments, and just mm. like strangers calling me names and insulting artists in general, saying things like, "Oh, you know, to be a singer, all you need is to waste your." survivor um why do you even need to charge that much you no know, blah 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 and <coughs> let's let's face it I, i'm turning 39 this year i've got better shit yeah, in my life that's that's and the thing
0: it's like this this uh, <laughs> sorry i don't want to use this word but i am going to use it anyway this fucker. i have nothing better to say in most most of the situations it's like uh, comments i mean Expressing your, your opinion is one thing, but try to be a bit more creative in your criticism. It's like, have an idea what's going on instead of just uh, dropping comments and then going like, oops, oops, you know, that kind of thingy. That's, that seems to be happening a lot lately. It's like, the, yeah. the ca- I don't know, It's you want to call it the cancel culture or whatever it is, it's like you just drop anything. I just say one line of anything and then everybody just jumps on board and just drops yeah. whatever you want. That's yeah. happening a lot lately, right? Yeah.
1: Yeah, and and it's amusing too. Like some of them talk uh, accuse me of tweeting to become famous because my career as an artist is not successful. And I'm like, <laughs> wow. If, if <laughs> Does <getting> anyone? <laughs> it's like, wow. Is that what you would do if you you were not successful in your? Well, okay, I get it now. It's like honestly, these people need. Like like the same elite, the I am, yeah, true. you know they didn't get lost enough, so I just let them be, I read them because I find them so hilarious it's, it is <laughs> I it them. is, entertaining at I times. Love. no, but um, as a, as an artist yeah. for
0: yourself, like uh okay here's here's the uh, the tricky part of it, as an artist, you are let's face it, you are open to. Uh, criticism or things, like attacks like this and so on. But mm-hmm. how do you respond to the, these kind of things? In assuming, uh, let's say, uh, let's let's put it this way: this particular thing is grab is fine, it's no big deal, and so on. But if such thing happens through your music, about your music or about your performances, do you actually like reply or retaliate to this kind of things uh, just to defend yourself, or you just choose to ignore the whole thing?
1: Um, it depends. Like I've gotten. I have to say I've been very fortunate before this whole rap thing happened like I I hardly ever get okay. hate because I think the kind of music I put out attracts a certain kind of people people who resonate with a good shit you know who like yeah. who like good vibes and so I rarely get hate but I've gotten a couple like a handful on YouTube and if I have the time I will just reply and wish them well because it's like whatever you say doesn't really hurt me. It doesn't affect me because I know who I am. I know what I'm about. I know what I'm doing and that's enough for me. Um, and honestly, I will say I, I take this leaf out of the book of this um, trans activist called mm-hmm. Alok Lee Menon on, okay. on Instagram. And he is... sorry, non-binary. He's not trans. I apologize. Um, and he gets so much hate on his page, uh, on people just commenting really horrible things on his body, calling him all sorts of names, and he responds with so much love and so much compassion. And I was like, wow, that, that is how I would like to be. So when I got this handful of hate comments on YouTube, I literally plucked the leaf from Alok's book and said, like, I'm going to respond to his love, because there's no need for more hate.
0: True. Uh, Because that's one thing I I was actually, I don't know, for some reason, I actually wanted to ask you about this for at the start of the interview. I thought one part of this conversation, and since you brought this up, which is kind of interesting right now, it's like you were talking about uh, a friend of non binary and all these kind of things, uh, issues as such. I just want to have your take on this because I was having a conversation with a friend earlier. It's like this. It's, we seem to be in a great divide right now with people and their opinions of their personality and so on. It's like you said earlier, a non-binary person, the, the feedback, the backlash they have on how they look, how they think, that's one group of it. And then you have another group who's also who also falls under this category, who tends to force that idea onto others.
1: When you say foster idea, what do you think? No,
0: like I said, you have to accept me who I am. This is what it is. You don't understand. They, they, they tend to, re, uh, how do I put it? I wouldn't want to say uh, retaliate or uh, they get offended easily, you know, instead of educating, like how, like your, the friend that you mentioned earlier. Um who showed love and make people understand the whole idea. Don't get me wrong, yeah? Don't get me wrong. Is this out of conversation I heard the other day. So I'm just this trying to understand this whole situation of how would yeah. a person react to this kind of situations. It's like one, okay. I'm forcing my idea towards you and the other one, it's like I'm opposing opposing you. I'm, not talking, I'm talking about both sides of it. So your take on this particular situation that's taking place okay. right now.
1: First off, I want to just put a disclaimer that you know, obviously, my opinions are just my own, and I cannot represent the communities that I'm speaking about.
0: Okay. Um,
1: I I will just bring it like into an example that is maybe uh, more personable, more personal to you, right? Like, um, you are an Indian man living in Malaysia. Your experiences uh, that you face in racism, harassment, and discrimination. It's something that a Chinese or Malay man would not, would never understand, correct?
0: Yep. And
1: while it's like, it's sort of like, does it ever get exhausting for you to have to explain to someone how their fair skin privilege or their Malay privilege excludes them from understanding how you experience life as an Indian man here because there is a lot of shit that you go through microaggressions or, or major aggressions that non-Indian people do not face right okay and it's like so if you bring it down you carry this lens over to like the non-binary or the LGBTQ community their lived experiences are vastly different from straight heterosexual or Um, cisgender, whatever um, people experience, they experience a disproportionate amount of hate discrimination and all that that they would not be able to explain to you because you just don't see it, because you don't live it. Okay. So it's 2022. Why should the burden of education be on the marginalized and oppressed communities? Why should it be your job as an Indian man to explain to a Malay or Chinese person uh, that y- the things you face are different from theirs? Why can't they educate themselves? Okay. So, so this is my um, point in life. Like we expect marginalized and oppressed communities to carry the mental and emotional burden of making their opinions palatable to other people to be ex- and I think that's kinda of bullshit. It's exhausting. <laughs> it's different from me and you sitting down as friends and carrying on a mm-hmm. conversation because I genuinely want to understand and I wouldn't understand unless you really share a part yeah. of your story with me. That's a different story. But the way all these interactions are happening on social media and online, you see like that burden of education fall on the already exhausted and already like um it, it, it's, it's tiring. It's so yeah. tiring.
0: Because um, the w- why I'm asking this particular question, like I said earlier, it, it has to do with what the backlash or rather the uh, negative comments that you have received. And uh, like I said earlier, it's a great divide right now in the sense of, what used to be just racism or discrimination of certain things ethnicity and then now it's like gender uh, gender wise and physical appearance it seems to be growing a uh, very very huge it's like especially for someone in the uh, popular category or celebrity category you seem to find those criticism ha- coming up more and more and more these days people find it to be like it's okay i just comment i just say something absolutely stupid as long people re- reply my comments it's like, you, if you notice, if you look at all the comments that's taking place, sometimes I feel they're doing it on purpose so more people will just, you know, reply to them and make them popular in their algorithm or things yeah, like that. Like said, Could that be a possibility?
1: The they, they maybe just want attention or they find it convenient to be piling on hate to uh, people who receive it on their regular. And to come back to this issue of like, marginalized communities being loud and proud about themselves, think about it them being able to accept themselves and them loving themselves and them wanting to just be completely who they are is an act of rebellion. And it's a huge, like, fuck you to society for wanting. The the amount of, like, hate you see people get, like, who are they hurting? Mm. They just want to live their truth. They just want to be able to express themselves just like me and you. And who are we to say that you're not allowed to dress a certain way you're not allowed to look a certain way because it's not normal
0: true very true very very true yeah so yeah, i have very
1: strong opinions about this no and it's good it's good because, <laughs> I,
0: because i always try to have conversation and such but the problem is people have this fear of having this conversation with the thing that oh shit, i'm going to be attacked or someone's going to have a different opinion on me for thinking in such a way which it's kind of disappointing for me because it's hard to have a conversation on a rational side either either way that if you're supportive if, you, if you're a kind of person who can actually hold a conversation discuss about it it's fine but i've also had issues that people who are are very protective over that particular community is like anything you say you get Wow, slam back. Oh, you don't know about me. You know, that kind of thing. You're not just open to a conversation, but you're very uh, defensive. You're always on a defensive mode that's taking place, which I don't know, for some particular reason, I find uh, that could be an issue also because you're not sharing your side of the story in the sense that... But, but uh, can I just... Yes, 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 right. please, please, please.
1: Can I just interject? While I maybe... Like, if someone gets automatically defensive and all that, maybe to me and you, that's not the ideal way to respond to something. But if we take into consideration like what are the past experiences this person or this community has had that is causing them to have to be that defensive? Okay. Because me and you, maybe we're approaching it in an intellectual, like, you know, on the surface kind of way, but I guarantee you there will be a lot of people who have asked with less than good intentions and maybe they've been scarred in the past and has have, have had really traumatic experiences, with with, and that's why they they have to be on guard all the time. Imagine if for the whole of your life you're you're told that, you're, you should be ashamed of who you are. You're, you're abnormal
0: you're, and all those kind of things. Yeah, we've heard that before.
1: Exactly, and not only from, maybe your family members, and your the people around you, but also this discrimination discrimination is institutionalized. Your country tells you you're wrong. And there are laws and people in positions of authority who abuse their power and harass you.
0: True, very true.
1: Th- these are the everyday realities that me and you will never see and will never understand. So I say maybe cut them some slack. Yeah, true, Even true. if true. that's not our chosen <laughs> method of response, maybe cut them yeah.
0: some slack. I could imagine that it's like I have, like I said earlier uh, another reason why I'm popping this particular question from music all the way we went I don't know how we ended up with this but anyway uh, because you you see things in a different perspective like I said earlier you infuse spiri- uh, spirituality with your daily life so you have a different take on this guy that's one of the reasons why I wanted to have uh, this particular conversation because you've also dealt with a lot of people who just Shows. I'm talking about the divas and all this guys. We entertainment industry is the one that's exposed to all this particular situation, and uh, so that's one of the reasons why I'm asking. It's not exactly a compulsory conversation right now, but uh, it's nice to have. No, you no,
1: I, I, I'm happy to talk about it because I think, like you said, like conversations are important. They, True. they help build bridges. Yes. You know, and yeah. if someone listening to us talking about this today can. So the, then now look at these communities with a more compassionate eye then that's a good thing yeah. something
0: good. that's yeah. the whole idea so uh, for the rest of listening to the podcast don't just jump on board like all attack mode or whatever right i'll kill you trust me if <laughs> that happens no i'm just kidding I'm just kidding uh but i'm pretty sure it's nice to have conversations as such with you and uh well like i said earlier we are looking forward for your music uh which let's get back to the music part of it is this is this was getting deep. I know this conversation could go on another two hours if you allow me, but I'm not going to take up your time for that one. Uh, but let's get back to your <laughs> music side of it. You mentioned that you're going to come up with uh, some live tracks uh, being released in the next uh, couple of weeks, or days, or months. Which um, but in the next
1: coming months, there will be uh, consistent uh, video content.
0: Okay. that And live shows. Uh, any upcoming live shows?
1: Mm, not at the moment because like um, my drummer, uh-huh. Ryan, he just became a father in Hey, January.
0: congratulations!
1: Yes, so he's actually taking a little break uh, to focus on being a daddy. So I'm also not rushing out to take on shows. But if the inquiries do come, we'll try to, you know, uh, decide on each one to see if we want to want to take it. and. Uh, while
0: Ryan is still on a break, we'll maybe play with different musicians in the meantime, yeah. Okay, cool. And uh, bef- oh yeah, I almost forgot. Uh, I've noticed you don't really have much of a collaboration uh, in terms of your music, like featuring this artist, that artist as many people do. Uh, do you have your, your principle of I'm just going to play me? And uh, or you have people in mind that you haven't really approached or started yet.
1: That's really interesting. I. Like I said, I love collaborations, but somehow musically, I've never actually done much. Like I think the most was like a guest sang on the track for the band Nadir. Yeah, but hit me up, Pete. (laughs) (laughs) Interesting ideas, let's talk.
0: But do you have anything in mind that you like to have someone feature singing along with you?
1: Actually, my favorite Sri Luggan band... um, a soul I've, I've been chatting to them and fangirling them non-stop and be like <laughs> call me please <laughs> so who knows who knows
0: that'd be nice because I was just uh, like I said it seems to be a trend everybody's like featuring someone a collaboration track and so on but for you it's like hey it's been solo all the way not even uh, is there any that I missed out was there any tracks collab-? no you're
1: right I haven't done much collaboration
0: okay but if you could so you have that one Sri Lankan band there down there right
1: yeah, uh, my be band for now.
0: Yes. And hey, uh, the good news is now since everybody can travel, is there any international acts that you have in mind? Uh, international really? shows that there might be a possibility?
1: The, the international ones, we've got to like... Uh, oh, I would love to. I would love to. Um, but again, it comes back down to resources. So it's like I've got, I've got goals. I will slowly take small steps to getting there and hopefully you know some shows overseas would be in the work sooner yeah, than nice. later it'd be nice yeah, right? it'd be a nice,
0: nice short vacation but hopefully not a room with four bunk beds la. uh. <laughs>
1: my band would agree <laughs> yeah
0: let <laughs> just have individual rooms please thank you <laughs> Anyway, Bichu, thank you. Uh, Bichu, sorry. Uh, thank you so much. It's been lovely chatting with you. I didn't realize it's almost an hour. Uh, it's yeah. Like I said earlier, I could have a conversation with you for hours. I know there's so many great things to chat with you. Uh, you're an amazing person, amazing individual. Like I said, the only thing I don't see glowing is that so-called the aura light or whatever behind you. But <laughs> you just have you just have the good vibe. I don't know why. For, I sense it for all throughout my career. I had so many guests. But for you, something special, that's all I can say. There's something no, special about really,
1: you. No, that, really, that I'm so flattered and I'm so
0: grateful. Thank oh, you so much. Yeah, for the first time, I've, ne- I've never felt this way. It's like when I was just like, like I said, earlier, checking on here, it's like, oh, this girl is special. This girl is very, very special. So yeah, I wish I could have more chats with you in the near future. And uh, my sincere sure. apologies, and I still don't know why, why we haven't had this chat before. I just don't know.
1: Everything <laughs> happens at the right time.
0: I hope so. I hope so. All right. Once again, Bizu, thank you so much. And of course, people who like to follow Bizu, Bijou, it's she's on social media, uh, Instagram, Facebook, uh, YouTube, Spotify. I'll, I'll put all the link on the website. You can check it out for yourselves. Any other special sites that people need to visit you? Mm, Apart I think, from, I think,
1: I think that's what, like that. Pretty
0: much covers it. Yeah. Okay, good. I was just afraid they might say, "Yeah, you can catch me on OnlyFans." Also, it's like no. <laughs> 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 just kidding, just kidding. <laughs> uh, you have a nice day. You have a great weekend ahead, and okay, uh, I'll look forward love. to for look forward to seeing you in the next shows. And please, please release more music. Please, please. I will. <laughs> All I will. right, take care then. Thank sure you. Uh, bye. bye. <laughs>